or no, this is your last chance. No beating around the bush. Perhaps I was talking when I should have been listening. This is the Redefine Relentless Podcast. Before we get into this podcast episode, I just want to remind you to please leave a review on this podcast as well as turn bell notifications on so you know when the next podcast releases and to follow my Instagram, link is in the description. Welcome back to Redefine Relentless. It's your host, Hunter Beal. Today, we're going to be talking and summarizing about the book, $100 Million Offers by Alex Ramosi, and this is episode 91. So let's jump super into actually before we even jump into it i want to tell you guys like how hard it was to make this episode but boy oh boy am i so passionate and how i want to say how important this is to listen all the way through because once you figure out there's no get rich quick it's a long term and it's a lot of um gaining of knowledge but also putting a lot of action it just depends on the entrepreneur that's conquering that whether they want knowledge or whether they just want to learn by mistake or failure but i've always been taught to learn from others so listening to this is going to be very very beneficial the whole entire way through, even if you have to kind of break it off, you know, you listen 15 minutes and then 15 minutes and then 15 minutes. I don't know how long this is going to be, but I do know this is going to be worth your time to listen because this was such an amazing book. I think this is number one book I've read uh, out of the hundreds I've read. Seriously, I'm not even joking. I usually say like top five or top three. I read it like the books that I do. And by the way, there's like 10 other books for every time I present on the podcast, a book, there's like not 10, like a couple other books I've read and was like, it's not worth it to present. I, I just don't think the book is that worth it. The ones I do present are always really good. Um, and this one's really good. And it was really hard to start this podcast. And before we dive deep into this, um, the book summary, it, like uh, it, like the this podcast, what, Mike wasn't working and then it was something else. And then uh, literally right before I got here, um, I, I, there was like someone tripped and fell, uh, on the sidewalk. And like, I, I had a first aid kit. I've been a lifeguard for five years. So I was like, all right, this is the perfect time for me to go over, uh, and help. Uh, I found like a parking spot by the grace of God and like literally got my first aid kit, ran over, um, got her some gauze and like was making sure I was attending to her. And then a police officer ended up like, um, stopping. Um, and then he called EMS and made sure they were on their way. Um, and then I just helped like kind of attend to her and then the ambulance came. It was just crazy, right? Um, to finally shoot this though, uh, that little crazy story I thought I would share, but through all this, I think everything happens for a reason. And like last night, the podcast episode, I really wanted to do, but I couldn't. And I was honestly tired. It was really happened for a reason. I think a little bit of a sprinkle of knowledge before we jump into this podcast episode is everything happens for a reason. Truly believe that because like you never know the thousands of you know things that could have happened in everyday situations trillions if you know you're you're a minute late you're a minute earlier if you didn't help this person if you didn't help that person like how things play out um and there's just so many things that you know don't work but finally they eventually work and it happens for a reason i'm coming with bigger and better energy than i would have last night so i'm glad this happened but let's jump right into it so why this is important for you to listen to the entire episode although i just explained that is alex hermosi the author of this book made more in a year than the ceos of ford motorola mcdonald's yahoo and ikea wait for it, the punchline, combined. All five of those CEOs, he made more combined in a year. That's crazy. Like this guy knows a lot and he's, that's like, he passed the threshold of a hundred million dollars in value. And he has like, 
his podcast is also really good. I'm going to refer a lot at the end of it. But it's very important you listen all the way through this because there's a lot of like, you know, gurus that want your money to take their course or stuff. And then there's people that like have a book and then they just he didn't advertise this book. He didn't do anything because he's such a good business guy. Word of mouth just caught on fire. He doesn't have advertisements. He literally just sells a book. And I think it's at like 7,000. Correct me. I might be wrong. Um I know it's above a thousand reviews on uh, Amazon and it's a really good book, especially for business people. But let's jump into this. So the objectives of today is pricing, value offer, enhancing and execution. Now this is the, on the inside world of the business world, but I want you to think wide scope. I want you to, although this is zoomed in on business, I want you to zoom out and really think about, okay, this is actually, can, I can apply these things in my life. It doesn't ma matter if you're nursing, if you're in this, that, 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 that. Doesn't matter. You're always selling yourself. You're always branding yourself. This is going to be really helpful in understanding economics, certain things, selling things, understanding things, knowing your value, everything like that. So it's really important that like, you know, you listen to other things outside of your field as well, um, not just business, um, it, but like, you know, if you're in nursing or if you're in business for that matter, listening to other things outside uh, of the business world really helps you because you're really subjective. If you're only in one industry, you need to come sometimes, in my opinion, zoom out. So let's jump into it now that we got the objectives. Again, it's pricing, value offer, enhancing and execution. So what's the secret to sales? Now, this is plain out stupid. This is what this book is basically summarizing in a, a sentence. It's the value proposition of the, the book. Make people an offer so good they feel stupid saying no. Wow, that seems so simple, but you wrap your mind around it. How do you achieve this and how do I get it rolling, right? The only way to conduct business is through a value of exchange, which is a trade for a dollar and a value of something, a service, a product, whatever it may be. That's business kind of basically broken down in the simplest words. But there's two main problems that this book solves, and that's one, not enough clients, and two, not enough cash, um, which is basically uh, profit at the end. You want to have an access of um profit at the end of each month uh, and don't want to be burning um, in, on a high burner business where it's just burning a bunch of cash. And before we jump into pricing, a cheaper price does not mean better. You see it on Amazon. You see these people competing. You're having such slim margins and we're going to jump into that in a second. But I really want you to think about that. Cheaper does not mean better. In construction bids, an example, when I minored in that and we were like bidding on things and I was in a competition um, for Ball State and like understanding construction, there's like a public bidding system. So say... Um, a commercial building wants to get built, or a school, let's say a school, a public school wants to get built, built and then uh, a bid's open, and then they do estimating a bunch of stuff. It's competitive bidding, but you can't see the other person's dollar sign. And the people that choose, like, which bid to go with, they don't always, you don't want to always go with the lowest one, because that does not mean they have the best value. You know, maybe the middle person has really good experience. It's a well-known company, and that's the one you take. Like, a really good construction company that was actually sponsoring our competition was um, the Turner Company, um, which is one of the biggest construction companies in the United States. It's a huge company. So it's like, you don't always take the lowest dollar. That's very important. A big takeaway from this book is that, you know, sometimes the highest price is strategically put. Um, and there's a quote that I'll later um, state with that. So pricing, grow or die. If you're not growing at least 9% per year, you are failing. So how do we 
grow in the simplest form. There's two things, and the last one falls into two sub buckets. So one, get more customers. Okay, easy. Two, increase each customer's value. How do you do that? The sub buckets of increasing each customer's value is increasing profit per purchase. And then the second one is increasing the number of times they buy. That is so important because once you're in a one cell business, once you sell to all the people that are interested, you don't have a business anymore. It's not sustainable. You want to have a sustainable business and think long-term business. Again, grow or die. It's like, it's going to be very hard. Um, you know, some products, you know, things still have to be sold on Amazon, right? People, there's plenty of money to be made there. I'm not bashing on that. What I'm thinking is, is big business-wise and like, you know, what you're trying to achieve and making a long-term business and not a, um, you know, not necessarily a get rich quick, but like a, you know, a five year sustainable business where you're, you might be selling products on Amazon or something that's not sustainable. Although you can, you, it can be sustainable. What I'm saying is the cheap products that are like competing blue lens glasses, for example, these ones I got, like they're making slim margins off of this, maybe like a buck per or whatever. I mean, they're still making more money than me. I'm not complaining. I'm not saying that, but what I'm doing is the teaching of this book, right? So increasing the numbers of times they buy is a huge takeaway for me. And that's like a huge part of being a sustainable business is getting people to buy and repeating customers. Um, for example, like Jiffy Lou, people have to come uh, and to get an oil change. And then you're thinking, well, there's an electric cars and blah, blah, blah. That's a dying bit. No, it's growing. Trust me. I see the numbers. I know the news. I see what the media pushes. It's completely different on my end than what the media pushes. Uh, and I'm telling you, so there's like a bunch of things like that grow or die huge takeaway. So there's growth profit. I'm not going to get into the nitty bitty and details of the book, um, of like him explaining gross profit. It's like you sell, but you know what I am S screw it. You sell lotion for $10 and it costs you $2 to make you gross 80%. Your margins are 80% because it's 10 to, you just take, um, it's really simple. It's just like 10 minus two Well, that is $8, which is like 8% of that. Um, so that's your gross margins. But then there's life, lifetime value, which is LTV. And I think that was a really good definition. I kind of didn't really even know before after reading this book. So say like um, an average customer stays five months and then they uh, pay $1,000 per month. And then it costs you $100 a month to fulfill that, um, which is per month, then your lifetime value is 4,500. Now, you know, I don't really have a board and you're listening to this visually, so that made it confusing. But just think of Lifetime, like, you know, the, you have a subscription somewhere, something, right? Netflix or something, right? You pay $10, $15. We wish it was 10 right? But we're just going to go with 10 for simplest numbers. But you end up having, oh, gosh, I don't have a calculator. This is, well, say, you know, you had this for 10 years or whatever, and you pay $10 a month, 120 uh, a year times um, 10 so 120 a year times 10, you pay $1,200, uh, $1,200. That's your lifetime value. And then like another big thing comes out. Your lifetime value with Netflix is $1,200, right? And that's in simplest terms. Lifetime value is something, a big takeaway from book for me. So what's a Grand Slam offer? Because it talks about that. We want to create a Grand Slam offer in order to really have something different from the market. It's an offer you present to the marketplace that cannot be compared to any other product or service available, combining an attractive promotion and an unmatched value proposition and a premium price and an unbeatable guarantee with a money model payment, and which is ba basically payment terms, that allows you to get paid to get new customers, forever removing the cash constraint on business growth. So 
that was a lot, right? So I'm going to break that down further. Um, it was That was like a, a little bit of a paragraph, right? But So what does a Grand Slam offer do now? So three things. Increases your response uh, rates, which is like think your clicks. Someone's clicking on a product or service or whatever online. Two, increase conversion, which is like think sales, like getting those sales through the advertising or whatever. And then three, premium prices. Think of charging a boatload of money for this person, but also providing a lot of value. That's what it does. And so your Grand Slam offer forces a prospect or a customer to stop and think to assess the value of the differentiated product you're providing, which means you recalibrate the prospect's uh, value meter. So your value meter is so skewed, right? You know, you go on Amazon, you try to find the cheapest product with decent reviews. That's your value, right? Well, this is a different value we're talking about. This is recalibrating something of so much value and you're so niched in your market that you are able to get a decent amount of money. Um, and we'll, and we'll break that down a little bit more. So a grand slam is a grand slam offer is practically you pay for performance. That's what the customer needs to think. You pay for performance. This is in the terms of a, a service, right? And then I want to talk about um, commoditizing, like um, a commoditized business. Um, they are not the best to compete in, but again, you can make money. This is different from the book. Um, so it's like Amazon. Think of Amazon. You, I mean, you just have to make be so different, and that's the hard part. If you're like every other product, then you're competing with price, aka slim margins. Again, you go on Amazon, you search blue lens glasses so it doesn't hurt my eyes or whatever, and you're looking at people competing with price. It's like a really, again, you can make money, but it's not a blue ocean, which I will talk about. I'm really passionate about talking about blue ocean. Um, so let's talk about an amazing example. So... Again, we're trying to do one time, but there's many things that you can do to make money, right? Different ways you can present. And there's no one set path. I want to say this again. There's no one pet set path. There's with entrepreneurship, there's a thousand paths you can take and all can be successful, right? It, it doesn't, at the end of the day, there's a bunch you can take. This is to widen your scope of thinking of different things and different ways to sell things. Um, this is an amazing example from the, the book. So pay one time, no reoccurring freeze, no retainer, just cover ad spend. I'll generate leads and I'll work leads for you. And you only pay me if people show up. I'll guarantee 20 people in your first month or you get the next month completely free. I'll also provide you the best practices from other businesses like yours, which is this out of four things, daily sales coaching for your staff, two, tested scripts, three, tested price points and offers to swipe and deploy, four, sales recordings. So you can really learn and digest what we're doing. And everything else you need to sell and fulfill for your customers, I'll give you the entire playbook for a tiny home rental or absolutely free to become a client. You know, that was like my little example. Um, but basically in a, in a nutshell, I'm feeding people into your, in like, this is what you're saying to the customer. Basically in a nutshell, I'm feeding people into your business, showing you exactly how to sell to them so that you can get higher prices, which means that you make the most money possible. Does that sound fair? Tell me you wouldn't say no. There's, there's an example I give and I really want you to, you know, I'm going to forefront that example a little bit further, but I'm telling you this example, like just made me, just made me really think. Although good, even better is again, 
repeating customers. So at the beginning, we say one-time payment, no recurring fees, no retainer. That's how we pull them in, right? We're, we're giving kind of like that pull sense in, into the sense we can make them a repeating customer, but this is the hook that we're getting them in. So it's like, no, blah, 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 blah. And, and think about that. I'm guaranteed pulling you in 20 people your first month, showing you how to do this. And then uh, if that doesn't work and I don't do that, you don't pay me and I give you the next month free until we do something. That is like one of the best hooks um, that you can provide. It's like, well, that's that's very interesting, right? It's again, think different. So we want to find the right market. That is so important. The first thing that you do in any business you're starting service, and like I learned this from uh, really my po- podcast as well. I didn't even think about it. I kind of just made podcasts. I threw, I just like kind of ran in the, like just went running. I just didn't care. I was like, I'm going to do this. I want to do it. I feel like I have something because I've read so much, blah, 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 blah. So I jumped and I didn't even think, but this is my advice to you. Whenever you're starting, look at your market. Find the right market. You want a starving crowd. That is very important. Also a blue ocean, ideally. A blue ocean is basically there's not much competition and a red ocean is very cutthroat. It's very red. So like think of gas stations, Amazon products, blue lens glasses is a really good example. Uh, It's very cutthroat and like slim margins. You don't want that, right? But you want a starving crowd in a blue ocean, something that isn't solved yet or, you know, whatever. So your markets matter a lot. Um, Again, grow or die. That's the in business. You don't need to be romantic about your audience. Serve the people who can pay you what you're worth. In order to sell anything, you need demand. You are, we are not trying to create demand at the end of the day. We're trying to channel the demand into our business. We're not trying to create it. Again, this is a different thinking. Like, yes, like um, Steve Jobs, like, well, the customer doesn't know what they want. A hundred percent. We're trying to, we're trying to channel that demand that they, or TikTok, for example, they channeled that demand into them. They're like, you know, bringing attention and like people can't get off the app or whatever. So when you're picking markets, these are the four indicators. Pain, one is pain. Two is purchasing power. Three is ease, easy to target at the end of the day. We want it pretty easy that we can target them. And then four, growing. Again, the four indicators of picking a market, one, pain, two, purchasing power, three, easy to target, four, growing. Now, the three main markets that will exist usually fall within health, uh, wealth, and relationships. So this is how it goes. This is from least important. Again, this is very important to, you know, the most important persuasion skills. That is very important. If you don't have that, you're not going to get far, but then it's also your offer strength, your offer, your guarantees. And like that is very important as well. And then you have a starving crowd market. It all, that's the most important thing because everything else falls. If you don't have a growing market, like, yes, you can still be successful in everything, but it's not a sustainable business. Again, we're looking at it from the perspective of being a sustainable business. Uh, it all falls out if you don't have a starving crowd or basically that market, right? That starving crowd is what we're looking for. So commit to a niche, which is basically a part of the market, these really specific people that you are selling to um, or giving your service or whatever it may be. Commit to a niche, pick and commit. You will fail. The answer is not pivoting to a new market. You need to try again in a different way in this market. Uh, Alex talks about this and how much it annoys him on his podcast too. 
Like people will do something and it fails and then they're like, oh, I need a different market. No, you just need to do it. Like you need to figure what this out in your niche. Um, you can change it. Yes, where he said like, it's not that you can't, but it's like people fail first and then they just think of changing a market and they do it every time and 20 times and they're like, I can't find the right people, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, you got to stick to one and try to figure something out, right? You don't just move. Uh, you don't just change things and hope for the best. That's rebranding as I figured out, like, like redefine relentless like i'm i'm still targeting towards colle- um uh collegiate entrepreneurs so like um at the end of the day, like I should have still kept college in there some way. But I, again, I'm not, I'm moving forward at this point. Redefine Relentless is what I was branded as, but it's like, you shouldn't commit to a niche and, and stick to it. And I'm sticking to my niche of, you know, college age people. Um, but there's also a scope of like 24 to 35 year olds that listen. That's my second biggest market uh, for people that listen to the podcast. Alex's podcast, and I'll refer again at the end, is um, one is really good, and actually I think it's his most shared or his most liked. It's an episode that's called Doing the Boring Work Versus Chasing the Shiny Object. And he talks about this. We all want this new thing. And we all will try to chase this thing and this thing and this thing and do this, 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 this. He's like, just focus on this. Do really good, and you'll make a lot of money just doing that. Um, like there is an example of a guy who's like, I do roofs. I do, uh, well, I don't want to miss money. So I can do gutters while I'm up there. I can, um, I can do windows too. Cause I mean, I'm up there and he's doing all these different things. And he's like, do you know the richest woman in the United States, at least at the time she owned a roofing company. And do you think she was doing windows and gutters? No, she focused on roofing and how to do it really damn well. Focus. Focus, focus, focus. And that's the hardest thing. And that that really slapped me across the face because I was like, you know, I, I'm trying to do my podcast. I'm trying to do, you know, simpler living. I'm just trying to, you know, or fellowship. I'm doing all this different stuff, reading books, doing this. And it's like, no, focus. And it's like right now I'm pivoting and I'm finishing the podcast out, my dream. And again, um, it's something I'll probably continue in the future, but it's simpler living is coming up on the rise. I'm trying to get, you know, hundred episodes and then I'm going to be pivoting towards my business because I know I can't focus on both. And that's what this book really, again, slapped me into shape. And I'm like, I, both could fail. Um, or I could do one really damn well, or maybe, you know, they both just build and they're both just mediocre, or I could do something really well and I can come back to the podcast and pivot. It's like, I don't need to focus on this thing. Again, we kind of strayed away, but I think that's very important in thinking and rationalizing. You have to focus on some, pick a market and focus on it. You know, worst case scenario, you've done it for a little while and you're like, all right, this still isn't working after my 10th try. It's like, okay, now it's time to pivot to a different market, right? It's like, don't change your market every single time something goes wrong. Uh, it drives me after like listening to that. I'm like, yo, that actually makes so much sense. Right. Um, what if instead of serving a hundred clients that pay you just a little bit, you have 20 clients that you, that pay you a lot more. Again, that's the focusing, that's the honing in. It's like the, that channel, channel of that niche that you're trying to find the people that can afford you is like, you can focus really good and do really good with these 20 customers and charge them more than you would with these hundred clients. And you can make more just helping these 20 people, but doing a really good damn job at helping these 20 people instead of a hundred people. Think about that in being niched. And I want to talk about something else about being niched. Um, I didn't know this, but I have a blue ocean with my, my podcast. Um, Redefine Relentless is within the industry of uh, entrepreneurship at the collegiate level, um, college entrepreneurship, basically. Uh, The only people that really do it is Cornell, which is 
they kind of just started, but they aren't posting as much as I did. And there's other universities that have done it, but they haven't like posted in two years. Um, I've created a blue ocean. No one competes with me for the most part in collegiate entrepreneurs in that niche. So I do have like, you know, average of hundred people listening, but these people for the most part, not everyone, but you know, it's different people listening are entrepreneurs. I have in the, the way that I could grow this podcast, theoretically, if I wanted to, I'm talking in the terms of business. I thought I'd share with you guys is I can go to people that basically um, MBA programs that are entrepreneurship and basically be like, hey, uh, $1,500 and I'll advertise you on my my podcast. And like, why, why the hell is that so expensive? I have a direct pipeline of the people that are serious. Instead of you sending into Joe Rogan and 50,000 people listening and only 100 people of that being of the target audience, I'm just straight to the pipeline. I have a more dense and condensed niche in the market. Just because, you know, Joe Rogan has 50,000 people or whatever, listen to him per episode, probably even more, um, 100,000 or a million, whatever it is, he isn't exactly as niched as, you know, I am, but that's good. He, a lot of more people listen and he can do more broad advertising for the top of the line marketing funnel. But I'm bottom of marketing funnel, which is very, very efficient for some people. And that's one route that I could go, but, you know, I'm starting to come on, on a uh a content burn, but I wanted to talk about niche real quick because I can charge more because I'm niched at the bottom, $1,500 for uh, a sponsor to come on. If that's something I want to do within my last like 10 episodes, uh, something I've been thinking about or, um, whatever, something that's super niche to college entrepreneurs, um, an app, something like that. And they pay me a certain amount of money to do that. So again, that's again, speaking volumes of niche, um, of being a niche, being within a niche. So the more niche you're, you are in, the more specialized you are in, the more you can make it, thus having fewer clients and less headaches of dealing with all these different people. Um, you can really focus on having, you know, the certain amount of people that you do have. So what ears perk up real quick, because one of the best things that I I've heard throughout this book was track records and testimonials, huge Track records and testimonials are so big to your business. When you're doing a selling offer, it is so crucial because it makes sure that this idea or what you're doing or what you're selling actually works and people are willing to, you know, this has gone so well with this customer. I'm literally, he said he's willing to, he or she or whatever, like will give you her number um, and, and tell you how good of a product this is. Um, and they were like an early adopter. And that's how good of a product we're trying to build here. And that comes with work. Again, track records and testimonials are very important. So here's the punchline. What I was talking about earlier uh, is how does this sound? I want you to really listen, hone in, ears perked up, listen to this statement. If I make you $240,000 extra, extra this year that you otherwise wouldn't make, would you pay me $42,000 or $40,000, whatever it may be? So basically you bring in $200,000 more for me to enter and I'm guaranteeing you this or you don't pay me that money. Think about that guarantee. Oh my gosh. But again, you have to, the back end of your offer has to actually work in order to commit this. And that's a big scale. We can hone it in and make it a smaller scale, right? Making that commitment, but making the offer again so, so good that people feel stupid saying no. How stupid would you like, again, like maybe you think it's a scam or something, but think about that statement. If I made you $240,000 more a year, again, that, that's not existing if I'm not in your business, would you pay me $40,000? Well, you're bringing me $200,000. I would hope so. I do all the work. I do all this. It's like, whoa, that's actually crazy. Like that is the biggest wrapped around 
theory within the book is that guarantee of that one sentence. It's like, I would feel very dumb. I feel very stupid. Again, if he had the testimonials, the track records, I don't pay him anything if he doesn't make me this money. Holy moly, I'd feel stupid not taking it. And again, it has to be ethical, business, everything like that. I'm not saying, you know, (laughs) you end up laundering money or whatever. No, Um, completely legal what you're doing. If you provide more value than what you take in payment, you will do amazing. You provide more value than you do in payment, you will do amazing. In the simplest terms in business, that will get you so far, just that one sentence. And everything I've learned, especially with the go-giver, if you provide more value than you take in payment, you will do amazing. End of question. That, like, that should sell you right then and there. So understand value. Value is super important. The reason people buy things is because they think they're getting a deal. They believe what they said, or sorry, what they are getting, uh, basically the value of it is worth more than what they're giving you in exchange for it, which is the price. They think that product or that service is worth that money in exchange of what this is getting. So example, this mic, uh, $100, it's been worth $100 plus way more than that. That's why I was willing to spend that money because it was quality and it was within my price range. Um, and it's provided tremendous value. I think they've honestly could have charged like $250 and I would have had still a value, but don't. I'm, I'm theoretically, I don't know. I probably would have not bought it to, uh, to begin with if it wasn't hundred dollars, but now I know it's true value, right? I feel like this value gap is $150. It's, you know, this is well worth it. This pod mic that I have, there's no strategy benefit to being the second cheapest on the marketplace, but there is for being the most expensive. And this quote is by Dan Kenny. So higher prices, higher value. For the most part, it doesn't always mean that you you might have people run, that's a double-edged sword because you might have people run away from you and it's like, this guy's crazy. He is on drugs. He's trying to sell me something for 50 times the value of what it's worth. Again, you have to have more runway to explain these things and break it down. And like, what I'm doing is, this is so, we're trying to build a deal so good that they literally think like, what's the catch? What I don't understand, like, this is impossible. It's like, no, I just understand what I'm doing so well and I'm so specialized, I'm so niched in this market that I'm able to provide you like exponential value that no one else can. And no one's ever thought like, that's just crazy, right? But again, your guarantees back this up and we'll get to guarantees in a second. So the goal is to be much higher than the customer. Wait, I got to rethink of this. The goal is to be much higher that a customer thinks to themselves. The goal is to be much higher. The Hermazi law. You want to be, the goal is to be like higher in value, but also have these people paying you a lot more money is what I was trying to get at in this sentence. Thinking this is so much more expensive. There has to be something that is going to be different here, right? There has to be. So it's a double-edged sword again. They might think you're crazy. You need to understand value again. Going back to value. If you provide more in value than you take in payment, you're going to be fine. You have to make sure your offer sticks true to your guarantees and everything like that. We can build this guarantee. We can have it all fall. But if you don't provide what you can do really good in your niche market, everything falls down. And it can be actually a really tough, really tough to sell. Again, this is a ludicrous deal um, that we're trying to come up with, right? But your product must deliver again. You must outwork your self-doubts. You must be confident and know the person will succeed because you've done this so many times. Okay, we're going to be breaking out into a segment. I'm going to take a quick break to have some water. Uh, I'm going to come back. We're going to be talking about value, uh, value, which is creating your offer in just a second. 
All right. I'm looking at my summary and I'm realizing I'm going to have to double time. There's a lot more to go and we're 30 minutes in. But again, this is so much more information. Rome wasn't built in a day. It's worth you to listen to understand these things because you can't expect to listen to a podcast in 30 minutes and it be detrimentally to change your life like this podcast episode is supposed to do. And I know with retention and how social media works and how podcast works, again, retention wise, I know it falls off about halfway when the episodes get longer than 30 minutes, but how important it is for you to listen. You know, some people are going to close this podcast episode and be like, yeah, whatever, one for me. But again, it's those slim, it's the 1% of the 1% that ended up, you know, doing something big. So if that's you, I want you to really listen through this. That's the push pull statement. You know, this, you might want to hang up, but like, and then I pull you back in. That's a push-pull sales. But I thought I'd, I'd show you something um, that I just created. So you must abandon what is fair. It costs pennies for a phone company to add an additional user, except they aren't, char- except they're really charging hundreds of dollars at the end of the month if you charge, you know, all your family members you're adding on. It costs pennies on the dime to manufacture uh, drugs, the, the, the things that, um, you know, grandma has to take. Um, <laughs> pharmaceutical, I should say, drugs. Um, But they charge hundreds of dollars for it, right? You have to get out of what's fair. Again, I want to reinstate this. You're not scamming. You're not doing anything wrong. What you're doing is still providing so much to the offer. You're providing them so much value that what they pay you is worth that money, right? And if you provide enough value, it should always be a steal for the prospect. That is the power of value. Again, you have to really understand value in order to get this whole whole book. So one of the best things in this book, uh, hands down, you're going to have to look up a picture because I don't have a whiteboard even for the people. I'm going to think I'm going to post this on YouTube and also some other places, but um, video wise, my iPhone's recording me in the studio. Um, but this this equation, it is the best thing, I can't say this enough, if like the book summed up, I think this is like, I've given the value proposition, but this is like how that value proposition comes to life. So it's dream outcome, what the customer wants, um, times perceived likelihood of achievement, divided by time delay, how much time it takes for them to do this, and then effort times effort and sacrifice. Now let's break this down. Dream outcome um, is like what, will I make? Like what, what's the, will I get a six pack from this? Or, you know, what's the, what's the thing that I'm getting? What's the dream outcome for this? And then your perceived likelihood of achievement is how will I know it's going to happen? How, what's, what's the chances, you know, 70%, 80% of this happening. What, what's, you know, what's the perceived likelihood of achievement? And then your time delay, how long will it take? People want it now. They don't want it in 20 years. That's why people end up, you know, um, not saving as much money or investing as much money because they want stuff now that people want to get rich quick. But I'm telling you, you have to listen and get soak yourself up with knowledge. And sure, you don't have to. You can go to action and you can create your own business. But you're gonna you can learn on someone else's dime, right? And there's so many things on the background um, in which you can see it. Again, entrepreneurship is you have a thousand routes, and all of them could be, or you know, 50% could be bad routes, and 50% you just have to figure out. Or you can listen to these people by reading books and stuff like that. It's like the perceived likelihood of achievement of this happening, or sorry, of the time delay. The time delay, you know, people don't want to create a business because it takes so long, right? Time delay, that's what time delay is. Time sacrifice, effort and sacrifice. What is expected of me? What Do I have to show up? Do I actually have to do crunches in order to get a six pack? Like you could get 
that's why surgery for like a tummy tuck is so expensive, right? Um, but it's so quick, the time delay, it's a surgery. Sure, you got to recover all this, but the time delay is you don't have to work out. You just have surgery, you move your fat and you're good, right? It's like thinking like that. That's why people are willing to pay that price, right? Um, or, you know, get uh, booty implants because they don't want to be squatting at the gym. That's a quick, but it's expensive. And it's like that time delay, that's how that equation works out, right? Very interesting. So the Grand Slam offer only becomes valuable once the prospect perceived uh, is increased in likelihood in achieve, of achievement and it's per, their perceived time delay is decreased and their perceived effort and sacrifice is also decreased. So again, the top part of the equation, the dream outcome and perceived likelihood of achievement, we want to be, we want to be high, right? But the time delay and the effort and sacrifice, we want to be low. Um, so side note, logical versus psychological solutions of an example. Logical solution is the make the elevator more faster. Psychological solution is add a floor to ceiling of mirrors, so mirrors all over this elevator, so people get distracted staring at themselves and forget how long they are in the elevator. Wow, kaboom, that is crazy. Logical solution, this is another example. Make it cheaper, this product or service, make it cheaper. Or the psychological solution, make fewer of them products or services or slots that you, for clients, make fewer of them and raise the price, which causes people to want it more. It's again, logical versus psychological. I highly suggest the psychological reason you can really pull people in with sales doing psychological. Again, let's talk about dream outcome. The goal is to increase. So you the perceived, um, increase or decrease in relative standing when compared to other socially or professional I don't even know what the heck I was trying to write there. Dream outcome is what we're trying to get, right? Perceived likelihood of achievement, our goal again, is to increase this. We want the we want them to achieve this. We want them to get that six pack. We want them to do this, right? Our goal is to increase that. Communication, communicating is very important to this, which is the perceived likelihood of achievement through a message, a proof, or guarantees. It is very important that we get across this in our sales pitch or whatever that our, their perceived likelihood of achievement is very high. And we have to do this through our messaging, our proof, the showing, our testimonials, whatever it is, uh, and our guarantees. We'll talk about that in a second. Time delay. Our goal is to decrease this. Think about it. Like people want it now. So if you can give it to them now, it's a lot quicker. Always try and incorporate short-term um, immediate wins for the client, emotional wins. You want them to psychologically be like, okay, yeah, boom, I got this. Like example, a week after working out or like two weeks after working out. Hey, Jim, you've lost three pounds, dude. Look at what you're doing. Like, you know, emotional wins. That's what we're trying to achieve here. By doing this, their uh, decisions to work with us are reinforced and then they can stay with us long-term, right? Again, Rome wasn't built in a day, but people saw this vision and they wanted to build towards this huge city. Effort and sacrifice. Our goal is to decrease this. Tired of wasting Wasting countless hours in the gym, tired of trying different workouts that won't work. That's literally the um, like example of like trying to voice that. Because um, uh, Alex Ramazzi basically built a couple gyms. He sold the gyms and then he knew really damn well how these gyms work and how to really bring and squeeze that limit of profit within them. So he'd go in and basically build it and he'd make $42,000 like within a week or something off each gym and he'd go across and he was really niche to specific um, gyms. So that's like full circle how he did that. So convergent thinking versus divergent thinking. Convergent, there's a lot of, uh, of ans sorry, there's a lot of variables or things that you can choose, but there's only one right answer. So this is school. Divergent thinking. Multiple right answers, and there could be one that's really well right. So 
it's um, important that you know we find the one that's really right. We want to have divergent thinking. There's multiple right answers, and we want to pick the one that's really right. You need to deliver like crazy, and I can't state that enough. Everything falls apart if you can't deliver. You have to deliver like crazy. And in page 76 through 89 in the book identifies um, you know, outcomes, problems, solution, and delivery phase. Uh, we're not going to go over it here just because it takes uh, a lot of time to explain that. And I really want you to deep dive into that book in order to get and soak up as much as possible. So... Um, it's important to solve every problem. And I can't reinstate that enough because that's, what, again, what differentiates you. You know, there's a product or service that, you know, solves a couple of your problems. But what if there was a product or service that solved every single one, again, like within this market? I'm not saying all your life problems, right? You know, whatever it is. Within this market niche, you know, you have knee problems. It's like this medicine, you know, this knee brace or this medicine, it solves all your problems. You like literally try to solve all your customers' problems um, in that market, wherever they're buying you vacation rentals. I'm trying to solve this, spurt, this certain niche of people, um, secluded, a true getaway. Uh, they um, like it to, they like the conscious, they're consciously environmentally friendly. They want to be, want to be at a place that's net positive, this super niched in market. But again, I want to be in a growing market and I want to make sure there is a market. I don't want to just be so niche that there's no one in existence that wants this thing, but I'm trying to solve the problem so niche that they're willing to pay X amount of dollars, right? So we want to solve every problem. This is what we want the customer to feel. This is very important. Financial value. One, two, Cause them to believe they will be likely to succeed. Three, make them feel like they can do it with such less effort and sacrifice. Four, help them accomplish their goal and see the result they want with far less time invested. That's what we're trying to achieve out of this equation that we were just stating. Higher, um, no, I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to skip that because I want to make sure that we're given the most impactful information within this time. Again, I want to catch you, retain you. I want to make sure that your listening ears perked up. This is, it. you have no idea. I, I have hours on end to read this book, to analyze it, and then to type an entire paper and then to go through, highlight it, like to re-digest it, to make it as simple as possible so you get as much for your listening of each per second. Um, this episode is literally crazy with information. I can't tell you how much so. I really want to entertain you on this. And I really want you to get this information. So there's um, types of solution, like uh, there's a high one time. So like think about uh, there's, a, there's a solution that he talked about that I think is really important worth mentioning. There's some things um, that take a lot of initial time to build, um, which is like a one-time cost creation, but indefinitely low effort value afterwards. So example A, uh, I will say to build this podcast took a lot of effort, building the website, uh, doing setting everything up, the links, all this different stuff took an enormous amount of time. I can't explain how much to officially get to where I'm here and I'm like adopting, I'm becoming better. I'm trying to take videos now, you know, different things. It is a high cost of value. It's a high, but then over time, it's just, I'm just recording episodes, right? So it's, it's a lot easier. And we're thinking like that retrospect, but we're trying to build something like ideally that would be awesome. Like this is why software companies are so valuable. Let me state that again. Think about like building a software company, right? But it's like you built it and now you just have to maintain it, but you have to like adopt and, um, you know, make sure that, you know, you're doing bigger and better things and watching kind of your market, but staying in your lane, focusing on what you do really good and your niche is thinking about that. Really think about that. High That's why software systems are really important. Like I built this uh, return on investment tool um, and basically it took a boatload of time to code it and my boss helped me. He was a huge help on it. Um, and, um, 
basically I built this tool and I don't, it, what took me a week to do now takes me hmm, 45 minutes. Wow. That's software, right? It solves your problems. Um, and, and that's why it's so, it, it takes a lot of time to build it, but then, you know, it's low cost, it's low overhead um, to, to after the, the, the time commitment. That's why software is so valuable, right? And why a lot of people want to invest in it if you didn't already know. So wording your offer is very, 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 very important. So let's, let's um, do an example of wording real quick. Um, so we're selling an, uh, something, an, an exercise packet, like a workout. Beginner workout guide. You think you're going to buy that? Mm, I don't know. Maybe not. How about this? Fat burning workouts proven to burn more fat than doing it alone. Adjust to your needs so you never have to go too fast or plateau or risk of in, uh, injury. Value, $69.99. Uh, sorry, no, it was $699 of value. So it's like, you know, we reinstated that. It's like, whoa, this is really niched. This exercise guide, fat burning workouts provide to burn more fat than just doing it alone. Adjust to your needs so that you don't have to go too fast, plateau or risk of injury. It's like, whoa, that's really niche. You want to create blue wording. You want to create blue ocean wording. So what we're doing here is really in a, we're trying to think of out of the box thinking and wording that people don't compete in. What Think about what gets you and uh, how to sell a pen, which is a really good episode. You should listen to it um, if you haven't already. Is like, think about how you, the best advice for like marketing is thinking about like you going checking out on Amazon or wherever and buying things, certain things, leisure, whatever it may be. Why do you buy that product? What gets you psychologically, like really deeply think about that and think about how you can sell like that. But you want to think broad scope, right? You might be the only one that thinks that, oh, I bought, you know, this super niche product, blah, blah, blah. trying to think like more broad and like what people want. But at the same time, don't do what everyone else is doing. That's already taken. And it's so boring if you send like, you know, mass emails every week, um, <coughs> Valvoline, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. And like, they're just boring. There's the same thing over and over and over where you send things like once a month and you'd be different from the market, but make it really impactful and them to get stuff and value of it and for free. But then they come in and like to Jiffy Lube and stuff. You know, there's different strategy that you can do behind that. You want to have blue ocean wording strategy. Again, you're not competing. You, the red ocean is everyone else is competing with that, whatever. You want to be different than the other workout plans. Dude, there's so many products on Amazon, blue lens, glasses. How are you even competing with that? You want to be different in wording. That's how the people buy the service or product. Come on now. Let's get it. So three core things to this. Solve all perceived problems, not just some, all of them. Two, give, um, it gives you conviction that what you are selling is one of a kind. That's very important. So it's like, what I'm selling is one of a kind. You're not going to find it anywhere else. Three, makes it impossible to comp compare or confuse your business or offering with anyone down the street. Whoa. It's like at, at Jiffy Lube, we do complimentary services. So that's wiping your windows down, vacuuming the inside, um, in doing a full, like basically we're checking your differentials. We're doing a bunch of different stuff, but you go into a different place and you're just getting an oil change. We provide a lot more value than what people see, but we do a lot of things on the background. Uh, I'm not going to dive too deep in that, um, but like that's that's what it is. We want We don't want people to confuse our services with other things. We want to be unique and give them a different value proposition than what other competitors do. We want... The customer, this is so important, guys. Listen, 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 listen. We want the customers to make a value-based decision rather than a priced 
based decision. Again, we're recalibrating their value. So let's, let's enhance our offer now. When demand increases, cut supply. That was something that was interesting. We need to understand human psychology. People want what they can't have, one. Two, people want what other people want. Three, example Lambos. You can't have it and like blah, blah, blah. You want it really bad. Three, people want, or sorry, people want things only a select few have access to. Again, I'm going to psychologically, let's understand human psychology just one more time. It's proven. People want what they can't have. People want what other people want. And people want things only a select few have access to. Whoa. That is super impactful. That's why I wasn't kidding. Then you got to listen all the way through this episode. There's so much golden nuggets all the way through this podcast. It's banger after banger after banger of like this knowledge. I love it. So the process of enhancing your core offer is designed to do two things, really. Increase demand and decrease the perceived supply so that you can sell the same product for more money or service, sell it for more money than you otherwise could have and in a higher volume than you otherwise would over a longer time horizon. Hermazi law. This is a really good law. Listen up. I know I'm trying to get you to listen this entire time. The longer you delay the ask, the bigger the ask you can make. The longer the runway, the bigger the plane can take off. You really like that? Think about it again in retrospect. If I'm charging someone $1,500 to advertise on my podcast, I want to explain to them. That's why people think about this. This is so crazy. That's why people, when something's really expensive, and I know it's really expensive, it says call or get quoted today. Example A, Tableau. I wanted to bring it to my company, a Jiffy Lube, and like say like data and show this stuff. Or in uh, Domo is another one. Well, I call them uh, and they want to explain to me and they want to have this huge, huge takeoff to give this big plane to fly off, this big money offer to fly off. They want to have this extended, that's what business is all about. Like they want to have this huge runway. That's why, again, it just blows my mind. And I love this so much. I hope you're listening is when you have this, people are like, give me a call or contact today to get a quote or offer or blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying everything's going to be $20,000 at the end of the day, but Domo, for example, I told her and I knew sales and I knew that like she was trying to create this runway. And I, I told her, I said, listen, I'm not going to be interested in 20 seconds. You either tell me an estimate of a price or I'm walking right now and you're not going to get me as a customer. She's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. $20,000. Thank you. That's out of ours. Um, even no matter the amount of value it provides, um, given the fact under it's showing data, it doesn't solve all the business problems in the world. I knew within, you know, opportunity cost. Again, that was very important. To, and I was like, $20,000, that's not worth what we're trying to get. Went to Tableau. We just have to build a lot of it on the back end. And I did it and I learned it. And it cost us, um, I don't know, like 500 uh, or something like that. Or maybe it was 1000 I can't remember. But it's worth it because it like shows us data and we are able to see red flags from this data. And that was what worth it. Again, people are trying to build a runway. That's what we're trying to do. The bigger the runway we can build, again, that's why like in sales, like I know when to cut someone's runway short uh, and they can't take that big plane offer. So that's again, like retrospective, you know that, that's very interesting. Um, so like in car sales and stuff like that as well. So let's keep on going. Humazi law, again, you want it to be, the ask to be longer so you can have a, a bigger runway. You want to tell them your testimonials, your um, this, that, to make sure that they understand your value. Okay, you want FOMO, which is fear of missing out, which is the scarcity. Scarcity is one of the most powerful things and least understood focuses. So 
the number of units left or availability you have. Oh, I want to buy that now. Like Supreme or Hot Wheels for me. It's like, there's a limited amount of these makes. I'm going to get it now or I'm going to miss it forever. Like now I have to live, like once it's gone, another guarantee that it has in the book. It's like once, if you don't, if you don't get this now, you're not going to get it ever again. And the price is going to be, the resale value is going to be too expensive. And I did that and I'm now biting my nails. There was this package of Mustangs that I really wanted for Hot Wheels, but I was like, dude, it's 20 bucks. <laughs> I'm getting two toy cars for $20. Are you kidding me? And now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yo, those were the sickest Mustangs. I wanted it so bad. Right. But it's like, dude, that's actually crazy that, um, but again, scarcity, that's what's so good about scarcity and selling people things. You know, yeah, I, I try to get like a, a course or something. I look at this like $3,000 or $100 course and it's like time left ticking or time available, blah, 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 blah. And then I come back like five days later and it's doing the same thing. I'm like, I know what you're doing. You're building scarcity so you can sell me an urgency of time. So there's... Um, Two components of um, scarcity. It's how rare, so, um, how rare the source is, uh, and then two, the actual value being provided. So fear of loss is stronger than the desire for gain. That is so important. Ears up. Listen. Fear of loss is stronger than the desire of gain. If people are fearing that they, oh, I can't get this book. I can't get this Hot Wheel. I can't get this um, purse. I can't get this. It's going to run out. Supreme, for example. Like I resell that stuff like, oh. Love reselling that stuff, but it's like scared. It, it, it would run out in five minutes, and they'd make you know fifteen million dollars. That was crazy what they were doing. That was ludicrous. That was next level scarcity that people weren't seeing in the designer brand industry. They're building a lot of value, and that's what like the Nelk boys do as well. If you didn't know, limited amount of drop, you want to buy it. It builds uh, scarcity, so you want to buy it. You're more likely to buy it more and not think about the price, and basically be built by the conflict of time and buy it impulsively. They want you to buy impulsively. And that's what we're trying to kind of, not in a way of shape or form, but again, it's so important that I reinstate this. We want our value to be worth it. That's so important. So three types of scarcity, now that we've talked about the components, it's limited supply of seats or slots in a general. So like in general, there's um, over X, I only take X clients, uh, over per week or something like that. Two, limited supply of bonuses. Three, never available again. And that's so important, like the Hot Wheels example I was giving. I have two, these, gosh, dang it, I hate myself. <laughs> again, we're moving on from that, but I still had such an L. I, that would be like my favorite set right now. Uh, again, that's a hobby of mine. You're probably like, this dork. Um, anyway, so it's like that built that scarcity. I will never get that again. Well, I mean, I can, I, but I have to buy resale value now. That's like 50 bucks. And I'm like, of course, this is the one I don't get. And it's like 50 bucks. But then it makes me think double much as hard when I come across something like that. And I'm like, all right, this is something I actually want. I should get it. You know what I mean? So that's building up a really good scarcity. Good job, Hot Wheels. Um, and, um, and the important thing with scarcity is you have to sell out. You can't just be like, I'm not. That makes people think. Uh, once they bought impulsively that like, okay, this was worth it. Like, I'm glad I bought this kind of impulsively because it like went out and I, I can't get this now. That's what scarcity is. So an example is like only, again, only accepting X amount of clients per week um, or cert accepting X amount of clients per class. You have to be honest. That is so important. Again, we're not trying to, we're not back up for a second, wide scope. We're not trying to build a scam or launder money or anything like that. That is so important for me to scale. This is hundred percent legal. We're building an offer so good. People feel dumb saying no. And this is how we're achieving it. We're thinking outside of the box and we have to do it a different way. So please understand that. So scarcity is a function of quantity. 
Urgency is a function of time. So like, again, the time part is like, you have 30 minutes, it's it's ticking now, and we're going to be done selling it. But then you go back, and again, that's some of these like companies, and then I go back, and now it devalues their credibility in my mind because they weren't honest with me. Every time I click on this, it says there's 30 minutes, and it's a timer. I understood the, and now I don't get that product. That's why it's so important to be honest with it. And it's like, if you're not honest, um, urgency of time, you know, like this, this, um, like when a band, like you're thinking of your favorite band and they're touring one last time, you're willing to pay one way more than, um, you know, another time, uh, that they've been touring for the past 15 years and they have no, at the end, they, they don't have no thinking of quitting the band or anything like that in any any period of time within five years or something. It's like you're waiting to pay way more if this is their final tour, right? So what's important about urgency and the time, the, your biggest sales in a week-long campaign or launch happen within the last four hours of the last day. So up to 50 to 60% of your sales. So that means again, within a week long campaign of urgency and you have time, it's like I have a week and then it closes. That means that 3% of the time, which is the end, the 3% creates 50 to 60% of the sales. That's why it's so important to have urgency. Deadlines drive decisions. Again, pay attention for two seconds. Deadlines drive decisions. So I'm going to skip some. The reason this works is we are increasing the prospect's price to value discrepancy by increasing the value delivered instead of cutting the price. So like um, the infomercials, all the infomercials that you saw um, to explain that, because it kind of like skipped and then I missed something, um, is like, but wait, there's more. And it's like, well, we understood that. And it kind of got old to the point. You, you were They're putting a new wrapper on it um, after all. And I was kind of like, okay, I, I kind of get this. I'm not trying to do that anymore. Like, I'm, I don't want to do that scam. It's like when infomercials were coming around. It's like as seen on TV, that was like super important back uh, in the day when that was a huge thing. But they built value. They gave you a price, $40. I ain't paying $40 for that mop bucket. But wait, it comes with a, you know, something great, a squeegee that's out of this world or something. What you did is you didn't slash the price. You didn't, $40 for this product, but now we're adding something. Whoa, that makes this value of $40, like my value in the background went up because of that. Although this stuff cost me, you know, uh, let's say $20. Um, it was $15 and I provide $5, but I charge double the price or whatever. My margins are 50%. And I, I do that. It's because I added something in. And it's like, uh, example A, for my tiny homes, for example, when I have a guest staying and it's going to be a little bit more expensive, and again, I'm niched. I don't want every Sam and Joe and average Joe to come in and be like, okay, yeah, this is for me. No, this is niched people. And like they get a little gift and I'm going to ask them like, what drinks do they like? And make sure like they have a, a six pack or a wine that they like or, you know, a soda, whatever it may be. It's a small little things, but it comes with it. I, they already paid and I'm adding this and they didn't even know about that. Whoa, that's crazy. Again, that's why you should listen all the way through this podcast episode. So what we're doing is price to value discrepancy, which discrepancy means lack of similar similarity between two things uh, at the end of the day. So price to value by increasing discrepancy by increasing the value delivered instead of cutting the price. Increase the value delivered instead of cutting the price. That makes them feel like they have a lot more value and this is worth it to them. 
Um, a, another key point on a side side uh, detour is that checklists and infographics are huge. Seriously, if you're in business or whatever and you're selling something, checklists and infographics and services are so big. Like checklists on um, example, what we provide. I have. Um, I have a hot tub. We have Starlink Wi-Fi. Uh, we have uh, amazing outdoor views. You're secluded. You're this, you're that, 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 that. I have a whole list of these different things. Wow, that's a lot of value, right? That's awesome. Okay, now let's move on to the goal. The four types of guarantees, I'm not going to dive too deep into them. You'll just have to read the book in order to get it, is one, unconditional, two, conditional, three, anti-guarantees, and then four, implied guarantees. Warning, again, listen to the warning of the guarantees. While guarantees can be very effective for sellers, people who buy them because of their guarantees themselves, not just the product or service, they buy it because of the guarantee, can become terrible customers. So that's another thing to widen up your scope of understanding this. Again, there's opportunity cost. There's no one set cost in entrepreneurship. There's no one set path that makes you successful. You have to understand this is a grand slam offer and there's risks to what you're doing. Um, and uh, there's people that have made millions of dollars off of doing this, though, because their offer is so darn good. Um, and that's why people sell courses, because it's so easy to put on, you know, automate to basically do that and make a lot of money from it. So, again, um, T example, I'm actually going to, all right, I'm going to skip <laughs> that example after. I'm like, that's going to be even longer. Um, again, I want to reinstate this. You have to be good at fulfilling your promise or everything falls apart. That's why it has to be such a good value offer and you have to come up with something that's really good. Again, we're making such a good offer that people feel dumb saying no at the end of the day. There's no get rich quick in this. In this. There's a lot of building up to this. So this is not good for low ticket. I mean, sorry, this is good for low ticket situations. You don't want to be like, so this guy provided, uh, there's a crazy guarantee. You know what? I am pulling this book out because it's such a good guarantee. I don't care that this podcast hour or whatever it is, it's going to be so this, this is so good to your time, um, that, um, I think it's going to be worth it at the end of the day. I'm going to literally read this from the book real quick. It's like story time right now. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, listen to this. Seriously, this passage is so important. This guy made like $27 million off a single day. $27 million off a single day. Listen to this. That's This is very important. If you buy this course and spend X amount of dollars on advertising your e-commerce store using this me message or methods that I have and don't make money, I will buy your store from you for $25,000. $25, no questions asked. $25,000. So... That's what he quoted. He claimed that an ad he basically made an additional $3 million in sales because of this crazy guarantee of a $2,997 course. That's why people do courses, by the way. You can make a boatload of money off of that um, if they're really good courses. But again, he said, I would buy your e-commerce platform for $25,000. No questions asked if I do not provide you this like $3,000 value. You don't think like it doesn't increase. It doesn't help you if you don't follow these things. But the thing is, is like in order to match these guarantees, you have to follow this, um, which is very important. So he actually only gave 10 of these refunds, $25,000 out basically. So he generated out of the $3 million he made in a single day, he generated $2.75 million in extra sales of the $27 million for doing this guarantee at the end of it. That is what a guarantee, a crazy guarantee does for you. The, again, 
that could be, especially with such a high ticket item, that could literally, you know, you could file for bankruptcy because of that guarantee. I'm not saying go balls to the wall. That's not what I'm saying. But he could offer that because he had the money to do that. But that's what a crazy guarantee can make you. And it's like, if I don't offer you, again, it's going back to that offer. If I bring you in $240,000 a year, again, that doesn't exist. You pay me $40,000. Does that seem like a fair deal? Well, well, if it's all legal and business ethics and everything, I shouldn't see a problem with that. And like you work for free and I don't pay you if you don't do it. Wow, that's such a great guarantee offer. But again, that might draw in the wrong people that you're trying to strive for. And again, you have to have a really good offer in order to do this. But we're trying to, that's what we're trying to build. All right, so I talked about the crazy guarantee. So headline, because we're like really, okay, you know what? We rolling through this mug. I'm dude. I'm so passionate about this. Uh, at the end of the day, because it's like I've you have no idea how how much time it took um, to do all this to annotate like 20 plus hours, if that. Uh, but it, this book is so good. That's why we're here right now. And again, ears up. Headlines. It's very important that we have headlines because again, I walk into a pitch and I tell the first 10 seconds of the venture capitalists, uh, and, and they're not interested or intrigued. They usually tune out and they don't care about what I have to offer. The same thing. Think about what you get. You know spammed email it's like um look at what the subject line is what draws you in if you do or like amazon uh black friday deals and i'm like well shit it is black friday i might as well look <laughs> you know what i'm saying though those headlines are super important to pull them in being creative um create like new creative videos images hooks stories and copy the same offers uh, is, is really important to what you're doing we are only changing the wrapper to our actual offer with our headlines when we change that um think of why someone would be interested in this offer and build a headline off of that again i can't say this enough a podcast episode that i made and i'm referring you to right now start with um start with why by uh, simon schneek and again i always butcher his last name um s-i-n-e-k uh, is his last name simon start with why why would this person click this email I'm not even kidding. That will do so much business for you. Like in just in strategizing. Seriously, this is what I do. Think about the customer shoes. Like uh, my boss came on and um, and he, you know, we. I always try to provide value. I don't always just agree with things right away because then it's I'm not providing value if I don't provide feedback, right? And so there's a subject line or whatever. Um, this is an example, made up example, and it's like blah 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 blah. And I'm like, I think about it. I'm like, let's. I'm like, I'm thinking about it in my shoes, but again. If you think about it in your shoes, understand your niche and who you are. That's very important to kind of digest before, you know, I uh, I get into that is like you also want to think wide scope, like general people, not just you. If I'm looking at emails, I like I literally said, I am so annoyed, like Halloween store sending me like uh, an email once a month or every two weeks. And it's not even, it's, it's a month past Halloween. Why the hell do I care about Halloween spirit right now? Although there is a really good uh, episode on YouTube, wall street journal made about them. They're very interesting. Um, side note though, uh, think about that though, really think about what you're doing and everything that you do. If you're in marketing, if you're in business or whatever, in nursing, like doesn't matter. Think about that. Why start with why in everything you do. And the headline is a very important key factor to that and the strategy of that. Why is this customer clicking this? It's so simple. It's like people think, da, 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 da. I think this is good because it sounds good to me. No, think why. Why is that customer going to click that? Why? That's going to drive so many more people than if you just create something you think is good because you know your brain created it at the end of the day. And you want to ask valuable feedback. Hey, how does this look? What, what do you think of this? A random person. And, and then kind of make a focus group off that and boom, bada bing, you have a really good offer. 
So let's dive deep into something else, magic. So the breakdown of magic, the word, it's kind of like a uh, acronym, yeah. So M stands for magnet, give a magnetic reason for them to click it. A is avatar, announce the avatar. G is goal, give them a goal. I is interval, indicate a time interval that they'll achieve this. We kind of did that with the equation. C is container, complete with a container word. Example, six, a free six week lean by Halloween challenge. Another one, 88% off 12 week bikini blueprint. Really good subject headline. Again, we're in headline for this, by the by the way, with um, the magic acronym. Again, I'm gonna reinstate it because it's so good. M stands for magnetic. Um, give them a magnetic reason to basically click on it with this headline. A, avatar, announce the avatar. G, which is basically the dream, what they wanna do. And then G is the goal, give them a goal that they want. And then I is within magic is interval, indicating time interval. Um, and then C is a container complete with a container word. And I'm, I just gave you two examples. Another one I really like, 88% off, 12 week bikini blueprint. That's a really good one, I liked that. Um, that's a really clickable one. But again, you don't want it again to take a step back and you don't want it to sound so spammy that they're like, I'm not even kidding. My email got leaked and I have like 12, 10 emails that I get. Like, I feel bad for the people that are trying to market to me right now if they're doing a really good job because I see so many spam emails through my email. It's like, oh, you're a winner. And I'm like, I could have just won a billion dollars and I just threw it away. But it's like, I have so many spams. So it's also wide spec within my perspective. And maybe not everyone has that. And maybe they have a Norton antivirus, you know, again, thinking wide scope again, not just my niche of my thinking and leveraging your perspectives, um, which is very important. I forget who taught me that. He was an Orr fellow. Um, CEO of Mallow, gosh, Yao, I believe was his name, Yao, um, said leverage other people's perspectives. That's so important in business. So, so, so important. All right, let's do another example real quick. Back sore, no more, 90-day rapid healing intensive, 81% uh, off. That's like for doctors. It's like this crazy thing, this method heals them or whatever, chiropractor, whatever. That's really back sore, no more. It rhymes, so it's like, whoa, that's kind of cool. 90 days rapid healing intensive, 81% off. Okay, now let's finalize. I'm, I'm, I'm glad because I put so much energy into this podcast episode, you have no idea. I'm like gonna fall asleep after this. Execution, the last objective of this, and it's really simple and we're gonna name some quotes off at the end and then we're gonna drop it. Execution, Alex says this, it took me years of seminars, courses, workshops, coaching programs, masterminds, and finally, it turned into wealth. He said all these years, like these get rich quick, all this stuff, it took such a long amount of time. It took, I, I wanted to be a sponge and absorb as much as possible. I went to seminars, courses, workshops, coaching programs, masterminds. Finally, it turned into wealth. Persistence closes the distance, as my friend Jake Henry would say, and he quoted me, uh, uh, he learned, he taught me that quote, it was amazing. Persistence closes the distance. Be so damn persistent. Seriously, everyone's looking for this gift real quick. I've read so many books, there's no such thing. It's usually not legal, and it's not sustainable if you do find this, seriously. And we're trying to build a, an offer so good that it's hard to decline. Think about that, seriously, it takes so much, it takes effort in being persistent that compounds in the way you can be. Persistence closes the distance. Don't quit. That's why you have to be passionate about what you're doing. Entrepreneurship is about acquiring skills, beliefs, and character traits. To advance, we must determine which skills, beliefs, and character traits we lack. Most of the times, we just need to improve. Again, that's 
skills, beliefs, and character traits as an entrepreneur, we have to think, and how can we get better? We just have to improve most of the times. And that's what I was talking with the shiny, uh, shiny object beforehand. Focus on one thing. Quit focusing on 20 different businesses. Focus on one thing and do it really well. I, I like I saw this an example of a guy. I literally looked on Instagram and I saw this. I was like, oh, I wonder how this guy's doing because I remember he's very entrepreneurship in school. Uh, and I looked and out of like the five businesses he created, because I remember I be looking up to him and he was always like, yeah, I got this business and I got this business uh, and this business. And like he was making some good money. It wasn't like crazy money, but back then to me, that was a crazy money to make, um, you know, $500 a month off something and then $200 off another. And like, but he didn't focus on one thing. And I look at those accounts now and they're dead. They're non-existent. It's like, they, just focus on one thing and do it really well and you can become very successful instead of just becoming mediocre across doing multiple things. It's really important to do that. That's how you really get stupid, Rich. But again, that's just in the perspectives of business. There's a lot more to life than money. And I have that a lot more on my podcast. Okay, this is very important. This is like kind of the closing part. Um, excellent, um, excellence exists in the depth of knowledge and nuances. That is what separates the greats from everyone else. Again, I'm going to restate that. And that's why, the, like Bill Gates said to read. And that's like what's so important to him. So I started reading a lot more. And it's all changed my life. And that's why I built this podcast because of him, literally. Excellence exists in the depths of knowledge and nuances. That is what separates the greats from everyone else. All right, now we're going to go over some quotes and end it. Um, I know this has been such a long podcast. It might be my longest po longest podcast episode. But again, Rome wasn't built in a day. It takes time to understand these things. And it's like so jam-packed that I couldn't make this any shorter. And if I made it shorter, it would miss things. And then you wouldn't get that stuff. So if you, if you're listening to it, congratulations, you're awesome. Um, this information is seriously, I've read so much and this is so detrimental to your business knowledge and growing. So I want to say some quotes before we leave, um, that were from the book, uh, through periodically think different, Steve jobs, charge as high as a price as you can, that you can say this price out loud without cracking a smile. Dan Kenny, we question all of our uh, we question all of our beliefs except for the ones that we really believe in, and those we never think to question. Oscar Scott Card, which I think is like really good. Even in like religion, for example, you have to really think, and that's how, what makes you better at like me being a better Christian is like I I question things, so I'm able to understand things a lot more and basically help people that you know whatever it may be because I really understand that I, I there's things that we really believe in and like never that's why with the grand slam offer is so important that quote right there we question all of our beliefs except for the ones that we really believe in and those that we never think to question like in business we just think it's like but this grand slam offer is thinking outside of the box that's like sometimes people don't think to question some of those things the standards uh, of business but it's like that's how we create a grand slam offer we go outside the parameters and we do question those things in business he who says money can't buy happiness has not given enough away Another quote, that, that was by an unknown person. But wait, there's more. If you order today, every 90s infomercial, I really like that quote. Another good quote that I've already mentioned, deadlines drive decisions. Another one is, you are going to like the way you look. I guarantee that. By men's, mar by men's mar <laughs> mar house. warehouse. By men's warehouse. That was a really good quote I like. Um, that they've literally advertised uh, for years, for the longest time. Forever, actually, I think. Um, you are going to like the way you look, I guarantee that bro, that gals and girls and boys, listen up. That is such a good guarantee. You're You're going to look through, you're going to like the way you look. I guarantee that. Whoa. That's just a really good statement. Again, that took some time to think about uh, before we leave. Just one last thing, implicit egotism effect. 
we are generally drawn to the things and people that we that resemble us the most. That's implies, um, implicit egotism effect. Again, we are generally drawn to things and people that most resemble us. Okay, before we leave, um, last thing. I want to reinstate this and why this episode is so important for it to be long. The first $100,000 is a bitch. No other way to put it. It's going to get easier as time goes on. Effort compounds. Seriously, effort compounds. So stop like trying to get rich quick. Focus on one thing and do it really well. And literally like Alex is now like he makes, again, more than like Motorola, um, the CEOs of Motorola, uh, McDonald's, Ford, Ikea, uh, and one more company. I can't think of them combined. And it's like crazy. And it's like, that's how you do that. It's like you focus on one thing instead of focusing on 20 different businesses you want to build. Put in the effort. It's so hard in the beginning. Like the podcast, for example, I had like one listener. Now I have like, you know, I have, I'm getting closer to 10,000 streams, which is crazy. It's like, yep, took time. Persistence closes the distance. Super important. Okay. Highly recommend before we leave, um, I'm going to link this in the uh, below podcast, The Game. That's Alex Hermosi's. Uh, this is all Alex Hermosi's stuff. His podcast is called The Game. I highly recommend you listen to it. His YouTube is Alex Hermosi. There's a really good one that I really like. I went to most popular on his channel and click the first one. It will change your life because uh, he talks about more than just what I talked about here. And then his IG is his last name, Hermosi, which is H-O-R-M-O-Z-I. And again, I'm going to... Um, Put that uh, in the description for look for that. It's an hour and 15 minutes hot. Damn. All right, we're going to be queuing the outro because this has been such a long podcast and I'm sweating like crazy in this room. But I thought, I mean, look around. It's a pretty neat room. I must say throw myself. <laughs> Anyways, a little bit of personality thrown into the last minute. We're going to be queuing the outro. I hope you guys have a great day. Again, be thankful for today. Have gratitude because tomorrow is never promised. We're going to be queuing the outro. This has been the Redefine Relentless Podcast. Catch you guys later. And that's the last you saw of them. You got it?